Hi everyone, welcome back to Take a Pain Check. This week's episode features a very talented and special guest, Spencer O'Brien. Spencer O'Brien is one of the world's top and few female Canadian snowboarders. She is from British Columbia and of Indigenous descent. She gained this title by achieving a prestigious feat in 2012 where she was declared the champion of the World Snowboard Tour. She won the gold medal in slope style at 20 at the 2013 FIS Snowboarding World Championships and won five medals, one gold, one silver. I did my research of three bronze at the Winter X Games. So hi, Spencer. Thank you so much for coming on today on to take a pain check. And we could honestly go on about all of your outstanding achievements, but we really just want to hear from you. Um, so can you kind of start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me and that uh, very kind introduction. Um, I am, yeah, as you said, I'm a professional snowboarder. I was born and raised in Alert Bay, BC, um, and grew up on Vancouver Island. And that's kind of where I found my love for the mountains and for snowboarding. And I now reside in Vancouver and Whistler. And yeah, kind of just spend my seasons chasing the snow. Um, and yeah, it's been a really fun ride. I've been competing for professionally for over 15 years now so okay I've I've followed you since I was a kid and um you've been like one of my personal kind of heroes I guess in a way but how old are you actually because you look super young and you've done so much um yeah sorry I'm 33 um so yeah I've turned professional when I was 17 yeah Honestly, I thought you were close to my age and I'm only 20, so oh. <laughs> look very young. Yeah, yeah I, same. I totally relate with that. I know you look like Trisha's age. <laughs> I always call Trish old, but that's a different situation. And on the note of like BC, um, Trish, have you been to BC? How, no, but I really want to go. So like, I don't know, like you've probably been to Toronto because everybody comes to Toronto. Like what? what's the difference like background wise um I mean Toronto to me is just so much more of a city than Vancouver like Vancouver is a city and it's big and um but like the mountains are right there the ocean's right there it just I don't know it kind of pales in comparison to like um Toronto Toronto feels like a lot more like New York or I don't know just it feels like a bigger city to me but um, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. I actually miss going out there. I haven't been out there in so long and everything with COVID. It's I feel very lucky to be stuck in BC, but also I really miss traveling and um, yeah, miss going to see my friends yeah. in the other parts of the country in the world. Have you missed any competitions because of COVID? Um, yeah, a handful of them got canceled this year. Um, I was still recovering from a knee injury at the beginning of the season. Um, and so I ended up actually not even competing this year. Uh, there was only a few that ended up happening and they were all pretty weird. And I don't know, just with COVID, I didn't feel super comfortable traveling. So I kind of chose to sit this season out competitively and focused my efforts on just kind of exploring BC and riding the backcountry. And um, I actually filmed a documentary um, that's kind of about my life and career and um, my hometown of Alert Bay. And that's going to be coming out uh, in the fall. It'll be exciting. We'll keep us posted because we want to watch that. Um, I watched like a few of your videos on YouTube um, the other day when I was just, you know, having fun reading up on who we're getting on um, here. But a lot of the things that you do, you've also been in a lot of arthritis related initiatives as well. Like I think Arthritis Futures Canada 
spokesperson wait am i correct or, yeah um so we're trying we're gonna get into that quickly but we just wanted to start off by talking about your arthritis diagnosis and when you were actually diagnosed and if you were misdiagnosed because i think there was some part of that so yeah um yeah so i have rheumatoid arthritis i was diagnosed um when i was 25 uh so that was actually was diagnosed about two months before the 2014 Olympics. Um, and the seven months prior to that, I was just like riddled with symptoms. And um, I, I had all these random joint injuries that they kind of attributed to my sport and just all the impact that I take uh, doing a high, um, a high impact action sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after a while, it was kind of like, okay, this seemed like this can't be a coincidence that I continually am getting like bursitis and capsulitis and which are essentially just inflammation of your joints, um, but just in different parts of my body. And um, yeah, so it took a really, actually a really long time for me to get diagnosed and um, get on the right medication that would, you know, um, help ease my symptoms and make me feel normal again. Um, but yeah, that didn't happen until, um, yeah, November of 20. 13. So it took, it took you a really long time to get diagnosed. At that point, did you feel as though you, as though it, when you finally did get diagnosed, did you feel as though it had some, some like a weight was lifted off your shoulders because you finally knew the answer? Uh, it was interesting. I was in like such a dark place at that point because it was so close to the games and how I was like, I was the worst flare up I've ever had at that point. I couldn't walk down a set of stairs in the morning. I had morning stiffness for probably seven hours of the day. Um, it would take me a good 30 minutes to get, just to get out of bed and put my feet on the ground. And um, yeah, just, it was so everything, like just daily life was so challenging. I couldn't even imagine possibly doing my sport. Um, so I was in like a really deep depression also just trying to, imagine myself still being able to get to the Olympics um, or even being able to snowboard again seemed very far out of reach. And it just seemed like no matter what we tried or, you know, how many doctors I saw, it just, there was no, there was no relief and there was no um, diagnosis. So on one side, it was a huge relief to be like, okay, we know what's wrong with me. But in that moment, I was pretty devastated. I, I just, the way that my body was and how close the games were, I didn't see a way that I would ever be able to compete. Um, but modern medicine is a wonderful thing. And uh, they were able to, um, yeah, to, to get me on meds really quickly. And, um, and yeah, I found, and yeah, we kind of had to like tinker with a bunch of things and I had to try a different bunch, a, diff, a bunch of different types of medication. But once I found something, I was able to do my sport. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to get this thing back in my life that I love so much. Are you on the same medication now that like kind of been the same? Uh, no, I've probably been through about six or seven different ones. Um, for the last five or six years though, I've been on a biologic called symphony. So it's like a once a month auto injector. Um, and then I'm just about to, to add methotrexate to that as well, which I was on previously, but yeah, yeah. they're going to double, double down. I feel like methotrexate is the go-to for every, for every rheumatologist. Yeah. 
So, um, and that's really, I think a lot of people add on methotrexate to their biologic because apparently it's supposed to help better. So that's probably what's going on there, I think. Um, so when you were diagnosed and since you were diagnosed at an age where you weren't really juvenile, but you're also like not considered totally an adult, I guess. And it's, you're in the middle. How did you really feel about that? Did you have like an organization or support right by your side? And I guess that's my question. Did you have support <laughs> because you were in that middle age sort of? Yeah, it was interesting for me because I, I kind of didn't want anyone to know for some weird reason. I don't know. I like really kept it close to the chest and kind of my family and my coach and my physio and my doctor is really like the only people that really knew even going to the games. Like I didn't tell, you know, we, we just kind of, I had been recovering from a shoulder injury also and wrist surgery. So we kind of just were like, yeah, I was out because of this and we're just going to omit the arthritis part. Um, I just, I had such little time to process it going into the games that I, I didn't feel comfortable talking to like the world media about it at that point. So yeah, I, I mean, that first year being diagnosed, I think I just tried to pretend like it didn't happen. And I tried to put the blinders on and just be like, no, not me. Um, but once I actually got a chance to process it, process the diagnosis and like, obviously my Olympic experience, um, I became more comfortable to speak, speaking about it. And that was kind of when I started to find out about organizations, um, you know, like Arthritis Research Canada, Cassie and Friends, um, the Arthritis Society. And, and then I started to have people reach out to me via social media, which actually made me feel so much better because all of a sudden I was like, oh, like I'm not alone in this. And up until that point, I felt, I felt, felt pretty lonely um, just because I didn't have anyone to talk to about it who understood. I had no one else in my life who, who was experiencing the things that I, I was going through. And um, yeah, kind of speaking out publicly about it was probably the best thing I did um, for my mental health around my disease was just to like find that support. So once you were like able to find that support, when did you really start advocating not only for yourself, but kind of advocating for others too? When were you comfortable in doing that? Um, I guess it was pretty quickly after, like once I went public with it, I had a lot of people start to reach out to me, um, via social media and, um, yeah, like arthritis research Canada and like all the different organizations. Um, and so it kind of immediately put me into that position of like, oh, like this is something that I can have an impact with and I can help people and inspire people. And so it just kind of was a no brainer to like kind of carry on down that road and, and contribute as much as I could. I think when you, like, when you start inspiring people, oh, Trish, clap hands, okay, we're hands, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I know that you attended, because I, I think I saw your picture somewhere, the Casting Friends Family Day, I, I, I saw a picture, that, that's why I know this, um, so, and you attended it, I think, twice, maybe I'm seeing that. Okay, great. I have my facts straight. Um, so how did you feel when you actually started to empower other kids? Because I think that's a cool moment, I guess. But how did you feel that you were being this inspiration, not only for like snowboarding, but also for arthritis? 
Um, yeah, it was super empowering. And I mean, doing this like family day with Cassie and friends is like my favorite event to be a part of. The kids are so amazing. The parents are wonderful. And it's, I don't know, it just, it's, it's such a fun event and it, it's really casual. It's like, you know, really just like talking and having a conversation and relating to one another. And um, I mean, it, it breaks my heart to think that kids have to deal with that kind yeah. of pain and um, that they can't play with other kids or I, it's, it's horrible, but it's really amazing to see those organizations to help those families cope and for them to build community with, with other kids that are like them. Um, so that's always, it's always been such a pleasure to work with Cassie and friends and um, and yeah, I mean, it's wonderful for me too. Like I've gained so many resources and made so many friends and connections, um, with like-minded people who experience the same thing. And, um, yeah, it's one thing to empower people through sport as a role model. Um, but yeah, being able to relate to people on that, that kind of level where, you know, you've experienced this very similar, I guess, pain or journey and, I mean, that, that's really special to me. Um, it means a lot when people reach out and, and say that, you know, my journey with arthritis and my sport has inspired them to, you know, to pick up a sport again or to get back to the gym or just get active again, anything like that. It's, it's just, yeah, it's really amazing for me and, and also very empowering for me to keep going and, you know, try to do my sport for as long as I can. I mean, you were my inspiration behind playing rugby, which is a joke when I started, I think I was like 14 and the joke when I started playing, but when I saw that like you were doing what you were doing, it was kind of a moment where I was just like, okay, like I can do it too. And I did it for quite some time, but now like, how, how do you deal? How does the arthritis present differently in you? Do you think because you are doing such a physically intense sport? Um, yeah, I feel, I mean, also that's amazing. You played rugby and I love that I was able to inspire you. I think it's, that's so awesome. And that's such a, an intense, awesome sport. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I mean, it's, it's been challenging. I think with the fatigue, when my symptoms are managed, it's great. You know, I, I don't really think about it. I'm able to snowboard as much as I like and I can train. Um, but it's also like very, yeah, like that stuff has become my training is so important now for my sport, just for like the stability of my joints and to make sure that I'm maintaining, um, a certain level of strength so that I can continue to do my sport. Um, but then I, I think I struggle a lot with the fatigue. Um, there's just some days where I'm just so, I'm so tired. And, um, I think that's not, something that like my competitors or other people really have to deal with. So there's certain days where I just have to respect that. And I have to be like, today's not a day that I'm going to be able to snowboard or maybe not a day that I can go to the gym. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I've learned to pick my battles and I've learned to respect my body and to listen to it. Um, but yeah, I, I also feel very grateful that I've, I've found medication that has really managed my symptoms extremely well. Um, I know that isn't the case for very, for many, many people. It took me a really long time to find out what medication actually worked for me. It took three years, which was awful, but now I'm okay. So it's really nice to know that you have found those medications that do work for you. And like you said, 
a lot of the time people don't find the right medication for a really long time and that also takes a toll on their mental health and well-being and just disease progression because i know when i stopped taking like when i couldn't find the medication um caused like a range in my mris and it was just like why is this happening <laughs> but since um we kind of use the word idiopathic over here just because like trish and i have juvenile idiopathic arthritis and we ask most of our guests what the, what do they believe really sparked their arthritis so i kind of want to hear from you like what your theory behind what really started your arthritis was it stress environment genetics i don't know what do you think it is yeah it's interesting um because i i don't have the genetic marker in my blood which is also why it took so long for me to be diagnosed because it wasn't coming up in my blood um and there isn't a genetic history of it in my family. Um, so they were kind of like a little puzzled. So, I mean, we kind of narrowed it down to just stress. So I'm not sure it must've just been like the stress of like qualifying for the Olympics. And, you know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself at that time in my life and demanding a ton of my body um, and of my mind. And yeah, it's an extremely pressure-filled, stressful situation to qualify for games. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the only thing I can really attribute it to was that year leading into the Olympics. And I was just, I think I was asking too much of myself, to be honest. But yeah, that was always kind of a weird one that like I never really knew why, you know, <laughs> like, why me? <laughs> I think like stress is a big factor. And I think for me specifically, it was, and I think trust too, but or I maybe I'm just making that up. No, Trish, am I right? <laughs> I'm right, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think I moved schools to a private school, and then that was just a totally different environment. So that caused stress for me. And then, like, people there, awful people there. Um, so that caused stress. And then not being accommodated because I had arthritis caused stress. Just really bad. But it's okay. Now living a stress free life, kind of. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's all about finding the stress free life. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's such a challenge. It's like, it changes too, right? I mean, I've been on my meds for five years and now they're starting to not work as good as they once did. So I have to add to that. And yeah, yeah and I mean, even when I had, I had blew my knee, I tore my ACL in my knee twice in the last three years. Um, and after my second, my, my first surgery, my graft failed and we, doctors were like, well, we don't know how much your medication affected your healing process because I'm on an, an immune suppressant. And they're like, there's not a lot of research on like people with RA getting ACL rehabs and like going back yeah. to <laughs> sports. Um, so for my second surgery, just to like give my knee the best chance possible. Um, and because I was doing so well uh, with my arthritis that they, they actually took me off my meds for three months. We were, we were aiming for four to go four months, no meds. And after like, and I, and I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm in remission. I'm going to be yeah. in remission and I'm not going to have to go back on. And like, I had like, I don't know. I just had, was feeling so hopeful because of how good I had been feeling. But yeah, after about a month of being off my meds, like it all started to come back. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely not in remission. <laughs> um, and it was like, it was a pretty like stark reminder of like, how horrible it is to live in chronic pain and how detrimental it is to, to mental health. Um, yeah. 
it's, I mean, it's so dark and it's so lonely when you are constantly in pain. And um, I think I had kind of forgotten that. I had forgotten how that felt because I had been doing so well for so long. Um, but that was, um, yeah, quite the, the reality check <laughs> for me. And I was like, okay, I would like my symphony back now. Um, because you are like, because you were able to snowboard without, without having arthritis and then you were, you're snowboarding with arthritis, have you noticed like your recovery time has changed a lot? Or like, do you have to change your training schedule to kind of suit your arthritis rather than what you were able to do before? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we had to make some really big adjustment adjustments, um, especially like the couple years following my diagnosis. Um, I used to lift like Olympic lift really quite heavy and a lot, which obviously is like hard on your joints. Um, yeah. So we actually kind of pretty much removed um, like Olympic lifting from my training for a couple of years. Um, and then we slowly reintroduced it. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll probably never try to squat like 250 pounds again, but yeah. it's, it's a big part of my training again. And my body's able to withstand it now, but it was definitely like this. We had to like, kind of go back to square one and like build, build me back up very slowly. Yeah. Um, because my body was wrecked after that. Like I, yeah, I was like, a, it was crazy to look back on photos. Actually. I, I look like a completely different person, um, yeah. from the time I was diagnosed, but um, but yeah, now I feel like I'm kind of back, back to a place that's very similar to what I was, maybe not quite intense, but as an, sorry, maybe not quite as intense, but um, pretty comparable. So I feel very lucky that I was able to kind of return to that level of, of sport. I know that like when I work out, I feel, I know exactly when my joint is about to, it's going to hurt as soon as I like lift something or whatever does that happen to you do you know like exactly when it's gonna be a problem that you're gonna have to deal with later yeah so, some sometimes for sure and it, but it's hard too because it's like I have had so many injuries also like on top yeah. of it so sometimes I'm like is this arthritis or is this <laughs> me being like on my hundredth injury <laughs> can't differentiate no <laughs> I'm just like I'm a mess <laughs> it is I mean, I think it's kind of weird that, I mean, it's hard because you see yourself having arthritis, but you also think it's something else that's happening. So like, it's like, oh my God, like what is actually the cause of this pain? And I totally understand what you mean. And back on the fact that you mentioned a bunch of injuries and all of that. So something did happen to your hand, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Ah. I got hand surgery uh, six weeks ago. Okay, so it's gross. I hope that like stops looking so gross. How's your hand feeling now? Um, it's good. Um, I got it. They did three pins in there, so it's like secure, and it was actually like quite an easy rehab. Um, coming off of like two ACL surgeries, which are like <laughs> crazy invasive, I was like, this is a walk in the park. <laughs> um, and I was actually, I'm very lucky to have really like nice doctors who are like progressive and don't shut me down. Cause I was like, how soon can I snowboard? And he was like, what? <laughs> you broke your hand. You just had surgery. I was like, yeah, but I really need to keep snowboarding. <laughs> um, so luckily he cleared me to ride about a week after surgery. Um, wow. I just had to get this brace made. Um, 
so yeah, it was actually, I mean, it was crazy. It was probably like the least pain I've ever had for a surgery. And I did end up getting like a small infection in there, which with the symphony can be quite dangerous. Um, so had to go on like kind of a lot of antibiotics for that, which was kind of the only hiccup with it, but, um, yeah, it's feeling better now. And, um, I'm pretty much in the completely healed zone. Aren't you scared that you're going to break it again when you're snowboarding and you just <laughs> broke it? Yeah, yeah, I was for sure. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to not like, you don't use your hand for snowboarding that much, but you, you also do if you, you fall on it a lot and, you know, you use it to push yourself back up to grab your snowboard. Like there are things that you need it for, um, because it was pinned. I felt more confident with it because it's, you know, but it's still, it's, it can still re-break even though you have the pins in there and it's obviously extremely fragile. So it was kind of like a calculated risk, but yeah, definitely most doctors would be like, absolutely not. You're not snowboarding till next year. <laughs> Did your doctors take you off of medications for this surgery or was it for the other? It was only it was only for my knee because my first knee surgery, the graft didn't take. Um, so they were, they, and they don't know for sure if it was because of my meds that happens sometimes to anyone. There's like a small percentage of um, grafts that for ACL repairs that don't just don't take. And then you basically just have to get it redone. Um, and that's what they think kind of happened with mine. Um, so just for my second one, just kind of for extra safety and to like ensure that I didn't have to do that process again, because it's a year long rehab. It's really, really long. And doing the two back to back was like awful. Um, and I really didn't want to do a third. <laughs> so they, yeah, they just, to be safe, they were like, let's just go off. And if you start to have symptoms again, we'll put you back on your meds, but let's just try and give your body the best chance it can, I guess. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I made it, I made it three months, I think, without medication. But by the third month, I was like, I need need to go back on. And I was lucky that it it kind of kicked back in quite quickly. So yeah, my, it didn't flare up too, too bad, which was good. Yeah. How many total breaks have you had? Oh, like How many bones have you broken in total? Uh, I haven't actually broken that many bones. I've, well, I've broken my shoulder. I broke my left shoulder. Like I dislocated it and broke the humeral head. And then I broke my hand. Um, like fourth metacarpal. I've broken something else too, haven't I? <laughs> that, might not, that, that, that might be all the breaks, but then I've like blown my knee twice. Um, I've blown my knee twice. I've had uh, bunion surgery on my foot. <laughs> I've had wrist surgery. Um, I broke, oh, I broke, broke my back. That's wow. Yeah, I broke my L1 in my back, but it was like a very stable fracture. So it was actually super mellow. And then I've had concussions. Um, I separated my right shoulder. I've sprained my ankles like a million times. Um, well, now I know who to call when I need to go get surgery for something. Yeah, you need a surgeon recommendation. I got you. I've, I've had pretty much everybody barred. <laughs> how do you continue like I feel like if I broke something I'd be like never again am I going back to this um, how, do you, how do you do it 
I mean, I snowboarding brings me so much happiness. It's like my main source of joy in my life. And um, I just, yeah, I love it so much. So yeah, I take a lot of pain and punishment <laughs> to keep doing it. Um, but it is, it's just like, it's kind of one of those things that you accept after a while, like being, getting injured is part, part of it. And it doesn't matter how cautious you are, or how good you are. The injuries are a very big part of sport. Um, and, and yeah, I just kind of have accepted that that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily something I need to be afraid of. It's just, you got to work through it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I think I'm lucky though, that I'm able to like separate that. Cause there are a lot of people that, um, even for professional athletes that have a hard time coming back from bigger injuries, um, because of the fear, because you're scared to do it again. You're scared to, you know, re-injure something else. And yeah, and there's definitely like a period of hesitancy when you come back and you've got to kind of work through that, but I don't know, it's always been worth it to me to do the rehabs and to, to get back to it. Cause it just makes me so happy. Yeah. What age did you like actually like start snowboarding? I learned how to snowboard when I was 11, but I start. I learned how to ski when I was two. So wow. being on snow for a long time. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, my whole family snowboards and it's just like a big it's always been a big part of my life yeah i learned how to ski two years ago for the first time oh never been again (laughs) did you like it it wasn't bad i'm like i'm an athletic person so it's not hard for me to catch on to things but i found that because because you go so fast i like psych myself out so I'll wipe out on purpose because I feel like I'm going too fast. And I, yeah. after that, I was just done. I, was, I wanted to go again this year, but then like COVID happened and stuff. But I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Oh, good. Yeah, you should go again. Because that, that gets like, I mean, you just get used to going that fast. And then it's like normal. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then you'll be cruising. <laughs> I I don't like skating or skiing was really hard or scary I think in like grade five I know they used to take us like skiing field trips and all that fun stuff and I used to be like no I think I was just like I don't think I was like trained or I didn't have classes they just put me down the hill and they're like go <laughs> go with all the other kids and I, think that why I just like did not love it but I mean it doesn't hurt to try again but also doesn't your feet do you have like feet pain um because of your arthritis or no uh, yeah, I did. I had, um, really bad, um, I got really bad capsulitis in my toes. So yeah, which was ended up being my arthritis, I guess, actually they diagnosed it as that, but I guess in hindsight, it was actually my arthritis. Um, but that was really bad. That was really hard to snowboard when my feet were like that. Um, I went to, I think I, what happened because before I was diagnosed the summer before I was diagnosed, I got, um, a Baker's cyst in my knee, which is like when your knee capsule like fills with fluid and you like basically can't bend your knee because it's so full of fluid and it's a symptom it's actually not an injury you usually get it people get it when they like tear something in their knee and they're like your body sends so much inflammation to try and heal it but then your capsule fills up and it's just like really painful and hard to move and I spent a few months like rehabbing that and then um I went to Australia to like test it out I hadn't ridden in like four or five months and I got down there and I like I was on, I think it was called Celebrex I was on. It's like a type of anti-inflammatory that can be used for arthritis. Um, 
but I was taking it for the cyst. And um, so it was like keeping my RA at bay, but like, I still hurt, but I was like manageable, but I started to run out of it while I was in Australia and my feet just like lit up and I like could barely do a run. I was in so much pain. It was like, yeah, it was, I would like get to the bottom and like rip my bindings off. Like, ah, like it just like hurt so much to be in boots and to be in my board. Um, and then it was crazy. I actually like ended up bruising my heels because I was walk. I wouldn't, didn't want to put pressure on my toes. So I was like walking so much on my heels that I was starting to bruise them. And I, it was just like such a mess. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like these are, and people would be like, why aren't you riding? Like, why aren't you competing? And I'd be like, my shoulders don't go above 90 degrees and yeah. my toes hurt I don't know <laughs> but that was probably the worst part was just like not knowing you know not knowing what was wrong with me and yeah. why these dumb little things were taking me out yeah. yeah I mean I just wanted to ask a question about like mental health so you've been so open with your I guess mental health journey on different platforms and then I think you partnered with arthritis society and we always discuss the positives when it comes to advocacy with, but with such a large platform, you kind of get everyone's opinions. So what have been some of your challenges you've faced with being so open on your journey and how have you dealt with them? If, if applied, I don't know if it applies to you, but I think it should, there might have been some downhill falls, stuff like that in terms of advocacy. I think in the beginning I was, I was really scared to speak out. Um, well, for one, I was like, grappling with my own understanding of it and and you know trying to find trying to move forward with like being diagnosed with like a, a lifelong disease um um and then I, I was pretty worried to speak out about it because I didn't want to be labeled I wanted I've, I've always like I always found myself wanting to be like I'm a snowboarder and I want to be known for my snowboarding and even with like my first nations background I was like I don't want to be known as the first Nations snowboarder I just want to be a snowboarder. Um, but as I've gotten older and, you know, my culture has become more a part of my life and I've realized what impact I can have through my snowboarding for my people, that has become, you know, very evident that like, they don't need to be mutually exclusive. You know, I can still be a snowboarder. I can be First Nations. And, um, and I think it was kind of the same with my arthritis was I, I also was afraid to be labeled as like the arthritic snowboarder. And I didn't want that to be all people wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. But once I did open up about it, it, I mean, it was one of the best decisions I've, I've ever made. Um, yeah, like I said, it was very empowering and it really opened my eyes to how many people this disease really does affect and um, how important it is to be an advocate for it, um, for research and inspiration and yeah whatever it is because it's, it affects so many people throughout the world yeah so to end us off before we get into like our little game we wanted to ask you what your favorite olympic highlights have been from any of the olympics you've been to well that's hard um i think uh, i think my favorite olympic highlight was was um in Korea, one of my, my best friend, Anna won gold in big air. Um, and I got to be like at the bottom for that. And, and just like being there for that, like inclusion of our sport in that event at the games was like, just so special. Um, 
And also just like having my family there um, for Korea, my grandmother, my 80 year old grandmother came. I convinced her to get on a plane <laughs> to Korea somehow. Um, so her, my mother and my father were there. And yeah, it was just very special.